Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. And War Chant TV, happy libations Friday. Woo, we made it, kids. Last Friday without football. That's it. That's it. We made it. Pretty much made it. Pretty much made it. All right. Exhale, deep exhale, all that good stuff. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. Director Matthew in the house on Twitter. It's at Jay Cameron Show. If you're watching on WarChant TV, make sure uh, that you like and subscribe. Like and subscribe on WarChant TV. Well, I don't, actually, now you can hear me. Like and subscribe if you're. I was like, I'm telling them that I. I was like, they can't hear me. They don't know what the hell I'm saying. I'm glad you're able to listen on a libations Friday as well, Jeff. Welcome in, man. Good to be with you too. John notes that it's T-minus eight days till game time. This is the last Libations Friday in which we're not talking about a football game the very next freaking day. Oh, glorious. Well, dang, Christopher, that's great of you to point out, too. There we go. Um, Please, by all means, this gives me, this is a natural segue here for it. uh, San Diego, Chris. Mm Mm-hmm. Looking forward to uh, seeing him make the travel across the country. Me too. I still have uh, the delicious, delicious stylings uh, that Chris has sent us in the past. Oh, really? Well, I drank a lot of them, but there's some one I've saved specially. Okay. Maybe that'll be uh, next Friday. For Dad's visit? Give him a little bit? He'll be in town. Have a, little, have a good time. Uh, so it is. Hey, good to see you, Chris. Uh, thanks for uh, weighing in on the goodness that is the... Uh, War Chant site content we're providing on three. One dollar a buck for the year. Make it happen, everybody. While you still can. While you still can. Warchant.com and on three for one dollar for one year. All FSU fans, limited time offer. So you just came from practice. I did not. The practice is now, We camp is over. Camp is basically over. Uh, it is a glorious thing indeed. Uh, anything really stand out today? I know they're winding things way down as they should be, and um, yeah, I, <laughs> I, maybe I should break out the. Somebody just brought up the dos artes. Maybe I should break out the dos artes tonight. Maybe you and I could partake in the dos artes. There you go. Yeah, to signify the end of camp. End of camp uh, for us at least, because they go tomorrow. But that's 
close to the media completely. It was a fairly intense day. Um, they're starting to get to where it does look like a game week. So when, when Mike Norvell says it's a typical Wednesday practice for them today, that means that you have scout teamwork and things like that. So those elements have been um, entered into the fold this week. A little bit different for us media types to see that. But I thought Johnny Wilson had another good day. It's becoming so consistent that Johnny Wilson is making plays, high-pointing footballs in the red zone, things of that nature that I don't know that it's noteworthy anymore. So that's a good sign. Yeah, one of the things that you want to have happen when camp, you know, I, I guess drags on, for lack of a better term. I mean, these guys get worn down. They get tired. They're putting in the work. They're hopefully focused on all the things that will make them a better player. You want it, That receiving core was the one area where I think we said day one. All right, I know I got this guy, and let's hope Malik McClain takes another step forward. Micah had had a great spring. We just assumed that that would carry over. Uh, he's been pretty solid. Uh, nothing spectacular, but nothing terrible uh, in the fall camp. The, the Johnny Wilson was the guy, and you know I would I dare say we were hoping maybe somebody else. Deuce Span kind of falls in the category as the surprise of fall camp in a way. He would be a nominee, but Johnny Wilson was the guy that I I didn't think he had a good spring camp, and I, I was the most vocal of the staff to say, guys, we're getting a little carried away. We were carried away in my estimation because it's easy to get carried away about a guy that looks like that. He's six seven. He likes to block. He's physical. If you look at him, you think, man, not many human beings look like that. I mean, that's a that's a physical specimen. And we were falling in love in spring with the potential of what he could be. He certainly didn't show any of that at Arizona State. And I don't think in spring you saw that here. So you're like, okay, well, you know, maybe the sounds like the situation at Arizona State was pretty ugly, kind of untenable. Gets here, gets a, a, a lease on life here, and gets excited. I just wanted him to show me that he could catch the ball because in, in the spring he had a good day, then he'd have two bad days. Then he'd have a good day catching the ball. He'd go, oh, it's in there. Then he'd have a bad day. And I, I just, nothing, nothing bothers you more than the wild inconsistencies of skill position players sometimes where you can't count on them because it's hard to scheme things up. And if you do, you, you're going to need – you're going to need those guys to make those plays. Uh, so when you tell me, and just like I saw it with my own eyes all camp long, that he's now pretty close to, pretty close to a model of consistency catching the football. Well, buddy, I'll tell you what, that is the very thing that we had hoped and uh, and, 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 and wished for as the camp began. Is, can he do that on a daily basis? I know he can do it on a Tuesday and then not do it on a Wednesday. Can he do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Could we see that? And the answer has been a resounding yes. I agree with you. I agree with you. I've come around on the potential for him to have an impactful season. I don't think he's a star. I don't think he's a game changer. I think he makes your receiving core better. Yeah, I think what's happening – so b about two weeks ago, if you asked me what is Johnny Wilson going to be, uh, I'd say he's more of a, a chain mover than he is a red zone threat. Because, you know, there's some catches that he made earlier in camp where I thought, oh, okay, all right. So he's not afraid to go into the dirty areas to go make a catch on third and five at six yards depth. Like, there are some guys who are six foot five plus that are only going to be used outside the numbers and to stretch the field or in the red zone. Like, a very limited skill set. Mm -hmm. He's got more than that to him, which I, I thought through the early portion of camp is nice. It's that red zone element now that has developed to a place of consistency 
that while I agree with you, I wouldn't term him a game changer because you got to prove it on a Saturday. Like that's yeah, for yeah. anybody. That's for anybody, any position. He's so, he's consistently doing it. That man, I I don't know. Two weeks ago, I would have said you would think at six seven that that would be the red zone guy, but I'm not sure that's his role. I, I think he can do a little bit of everything now. He's not going to run a four five. Other than that, he could do a little bit of everything, which is nice to have something close to a complete receiver outside of Micah Pittman. And if Winston Wright comes back healthy in the next month, six weeks, then you've got yourself a receiving core that I, I don't think is below average. I think it's ACC average, which is good. That's way better than we were last year. It's ACC average, and we were the last place oh, we receiving core in, in college football almost yeah. a year ago. Power so, five, group of five, yeah. you name your five. Here's what I think he is, Tom. I think he's second and three, meaning on first down, he's going to get you to second and three. He's a guy that's going to run all those ends, all those quick hitches, right, right. and get his back to the linebacker or the safety and shield and catch the ball, and it's second and three. That is what he should be. Oh, Now, if he gives you anything else down the field, great, because he can get some one-on-one situations with him where he'll high point a ball or out physical a guy, fine, fine. He's not an explosive playmaker, but he's a huge body. He's going to block for you in the run game. He's going to block for you in the in the in the uh, quick game, okay? But he's a he can get you to second and three. That's and that's great. We got to win. You got listen. Success rate's important. Success rate for 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 this offense is pivotal because if they get put into third and obvious, they have not advanced enough, in my opinion to consistently make those throws, those catches, those plays. I don't think that'll happen. They got to win on first down. They got to put themselves in a position to make defenses play them honest. And I think that that's where Johnny Wilson could be a huge factor for them. Largely speaking, nobody's good in third and long. But I, I hear what you're saying. You know you're saying I'm that they've about. got no chance. I'm I, saying I, they've got little to no chance unless Jordan scrambles. I, I think they've got more than little chance this year because of players like Johnny um, to help you on a third and eight. You know that that might be a situation where, with him and a and a Micah Pittman on the other side, you might have enough that you could run some things off of that and open up some chances. Uh, they, they got Last better. year they had no chance. I, I would agree. Uh, you know, short of a defensive end losing contain, you're like, oh, you broke the pocket, you're screwed. Yeah, you didn't really have or a draw, and you're like, maybe we get lucky on a draw. That's this year. There's a little bit more there. I'm saying that the strength of this team and the strength of this particular quarterback is not going to be back there slinging it on third and six. He's going to have to run for it if it's not there, or you're going to have to put them in positions to where that doesn't happen a lot. And that's that's winning first down. And we struggled to win first down. So a year ago, I think they'll do a better job of winning first down for two reasons this year: offensive lines better. Trey Benson's a bigger back who's going to help you an awful lot. Johnny Wilson. Those are factors that will change the dynamic of first down more consistently for you. And that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the little things that make your offense better because I don't think they're radically different than they were a year ago. Uh, I think they're weak in some areas. I think they're average in some areas. They're not bad in any area on the offense. Which is a difference. Which yeah. is a yeah. huge difference. So, so we note the progress of this team. People want to say, oh, it's so much better. I disagree. It's not so much better. Their offensive line is better. Are they elite? No. Are they real good? No. Could they be average to slightly above average in the ACC on the offensive line? Yes. Are they deeper? Definitely yes. Okay. Yeah. Is Jordan Travis appreciably better? Don't know. Don't know. We'll see. He's got more weapons to work with and a better offensive line in front of him. He ought to be. 
He ought to be. So let's hope he is. I, I think there's a good chance that he's more confident. It's been his team all camp long. He's had good days, bad days, and everything in between. He's mostly been good. He's done everything they've asked of him. He is preternaturally gifted as a runner, so that he's always going to use that to his advantage, which is great. You should. And I like the way we scheme it up with what we have. So I think the offense will be better. I think the offense will be better. But Johnny Wilson, that offensive line, his ability to scramble, Trey Benson, I think they can be better on first and second down, success rate-wise, put themselves in a more manageable situation to where they don't have to rely on Jordan doing something that neither this receiving core or his skill set suggests he could do well. Well, consistently, yeah. I, you know, the offensive line, it, it's funny. The short term, they're better. The long term, they're, I think they're way better in the long term because of the new bodies they brought in and the development they've had with players like an Estes, a, the quick development of somebody they're like better. a Kanaya. There's no doubt they're better. Last so, year, they weren't real good. Part of that had to do with injury. Part of that had to do right. with how thin they were. They weren't good. So they're, 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 they are, I like to use the phrase, they are appreciably better. The thing I think about this group that is the immediate group, because the starters this year are, are better. But I think in a year or two, you could be worlds better than if you want to use, say, the 2021 season as, as zero point. Like they're, they're improved. Mm-hmm. 2023, mm-hmm. they could be really good. Like 24, they could be excellent. Um, but they're, they're more athletic across the line this year. That's the one thing that I've noticed. Dimitri Emmanuel, for as for big, big of a man guy, as he is, pretty, pretty he's pretty agile. Maurice Smith can get out and pull. Darius Washington is athletic. Bryson Estes, for as big as he is, actually moves fairly well. Gibbons, we know, you could pull all the way around. Bless Harris is pretty agile. You know, they've got a bunch of guys because they like to do that. They that's the philosophy of this offense is they want to be able to be physical, but they also want to change where the fight is taking place. Mm-hmm. They want to change the point. And so, if you're going to be able to change those points, that was the the conversation about Lyles before he went down for the season. Was let's say he wins the job. He's not necessarily somebody who fits into the philosophy of what we want out of alignment, but he's an uprooter. So straight ahead, no problem. I don't know if you could be swinging around from where the center is outside the right tackle and say, all right, Caden, we need you to pull and lead the way. Right. So you, there was a give and take with Caden Lyles. But I think across with, with him out for the season, when you get seven, eight deep on this O-line, most everybody is quite agile. So they're a hell of a lot more athletic now. They're better now. In two seasons, they're going to be everything. I, uh, I I think in two seasons, the offensive line will straight up be a very, very good offensive line, will be the strength of the team. I think that it'll, it's a day that when I see it happen, I, I might get a little choked up, might cry. Looking at a football field with the garnet and gold, having a dominant offensive line might might get me a little verklempt. I may, I may struggle a little bit. Because it's been since 2013, and we didn't even go into that season saying that was the strength of the team because we had so much talent. It was crazy. You had a an all-world quarterback. You were loaded at receiver. Your defense was a bunch of NFL players. So, you know, the offensive line, like, yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. They're okay. They, it, it, not this year, but next year, you may go into the season going, this offensive line's going to whoop your ass. Right. Well, and if you do what you do this season, enough to keep your job, get extended, all those things that we talked about and you keep these offensive line recruits you have for the 23 class, you roll those guys into the mix in two seasons? I mean, dude, you I mean, you got something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the trick is to get there, Mike. The trick is to survive long enough to see that glorious day, the fruits of your labor to play out, right? That's how you, you got to get there, buddy. 
Got to get there. And only wins get you there. Only wins get you there. The biggest difference, I, in a way, I almost thought that the back half of 2014 was the best offensive line of the 29th straight. You know, when yeah, when, when yeah, they moved yeah, Cam yeah. to center and yeah, then Big really... Rod was left tackle. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were dominant from that Miami game on. That was dominant offensive line play. I don't know that we were dominant in 13 the way we were for that stretch in 2014, but you had to make blood sacrifices if you were Jimbo about the lack of depth. Like, please take anybody but a lineman. <laughs> I can't lose Matias. Don't take Matias. Oh. If you lost one player yeah. from that line, we well, remember when Stork was like knocked out and yeah. lining up the wrong way, and we're like, oh no, no, on fourth and forever because yeah, of a bad snap. Don't you do this, sir. He lined up as the long snapper. They're like, Brian, it, we're punting. You got to get yeah. off the field. <laughs> <laughs> if that happened in fourteen, we would have been dead. Well, as it were, we were in the midst of winning twenty nine straight. It didn't happen. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't the offensive line's fault. Think, we didn't beat Oregon. You think? You think we? Oh may, my God! I think we may have sold our soul as right because it came back around. The size of the holes in that Rose Bowl for Dalvin Cook and anybody who wanted to run the football. Uh, I, I mean, no need to go to there, sir. We were there. Twelve feet wide. Halftime, you and I had to go downstairs and break into somebody else's party. We did pay for our beer, though. Yeah. We weren't supposed to be in. It was a cash bar. But we just walked in. Yeah, I felt better about that, morally, that it was a cash bar. We did eat their seafood, though. You did. I did. Yeah, Yeah, I did. (laughs) That was free. Crab legs and shrimp. Yeah. (laughs) It was terrible. I can't (laughs) believe we're getting killed, (laughs) man. That was awful. You're not going to eat the rest of those Alaskan King crab legs? I think I'll do it. I don't know if Urban's got it tonight against Saban. (laughs) (laughs) And then we went to that bar. Oh, yeah. But it got, it got a little foggy. We we didn't have to drive, so Thank, was, thankfully, yeah. no. I'm saying we, we knew that ahead of time. Yeah, but yeah, I think we fell asleep on the way to the restaurant. Yeah, and then when we got in there, we couldn't believe Ohio State was beating that ass. Yes, because Ohio State had blown several red zone opportunities yeah, before yeah. we got in the car. Yeah, but we did mal on some wings. <laughs> we, Wasn't it a Mexican place? No, we had wings. I remember very specifically we oh, had wings. That tells you what kind of day I had. <laughs> well, what were you gonna do? That Oregon game was yeah. untenable. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply tv ESPN did a piece today on the biggest games of the upcoming season. Bill Conley, who does a great job for them with the ESPN Plus coverage, um, and I, you know, I know it's it, we're not gonna we're wrapping at the door. It, it's happening. It's the football day of reckoning that is nearly upon us. I hope we are a team to reckon with. Obviously, it would be nice for once for people to have to account for us on the schedule. Like I get this terrible feeling that people throughout this lowly conference. 
are able to summarily dismiss the matchup with Florida State. And that just, for some reason, eats at me more than, than our actual sucking, like watching us lose. I've already intellectually wrapped my mind around those seasons and those games prior to that. But just the idea of some snot-nosed Wake Forest fan being like, oh, well, that's the win. That's a win against FSU. What's the next week, Jim? What's the next? That pisses me off more. Like, you know, just like NC State fans who've never seen them win anything of any consequence ever in the history of the program. Like, looking at the schedule, well, we host that game. It's Florida State. I mean, Jesus. Like, hearing that conversation, you're like, okay, man. All right. That angers me. All the while, you've subsidized them for the better part of 30 years. Correct. Correct. Yes. So, yeah. seeing that, you know, and then you're like, okay, that's a toughie. Oh, is that, is, what's that shirt? Did I buy you that shirt? Well, right now? it's a it's a fan base like Syracuse going. Well, I don't know. We might win. We we got Florida State on the schedule. We we could win that game. We should have won that game last year. That that angers you. That angers you a little bit. Just thinking about it. Why? I'm just saying. Feel that. Why? Feel that a little bit. Why? But the big games, it was just nice to say aloud, just to talk out loud. Going through the weeks, September the 3rd, for example, Notre Dame at Ohio State, Georgia, and Oregon. All righty. We'll be in New Orleans watching those games. Which one has a better chance to be interesting? Probably Oregon, Georgia. Because you have Lanning, Lanning's understanding of the Georgia defense? I think they both have a chance to be interesting. I, uh, Notre Dame has a chance to... Well, I think Freeman's a good coach. I think that was the right hire. I, I do. Um, I don't disagree with that, but, I mean, you know, they're sitting at five in the preseason poll and we all well, smirk. We, we definitely smirk. Uh, no, I, Ohio State will win that game, but it could be interesting. It's first week. It's, uh, it's, Florida-Utah is the game, buddy. Yeah, I get excited about that one. But uh, September the 10th, Alabama at Texas might register as a, a, a by name only big game. Texas is going to get boat raced. Tennessee's at Pitt in that game was fun last year. Pitt won that game in Knoxville. I'm actually pretty excited about that game. I lead in Tennessee in that in that one. I do too. You've lost the offensive you lost coordinator. Start, well, you lost your starting quarterback who was a first round draft pick. I just <laughs> that's a tough. The more control that our doozy has, the less good I feel about anything that Pitt can do in a in a high profile game. They'll play good defense, though. Um, they've got a good defense, too. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Miami's at Texas A&M September the 17th. I'm just looking at the slates. Yep, that's the day after the Louisville game. So that'll be around these parts. So think about it. We'll be pleasantly hung over after having celebrated a win over LSU and Louisville to start the year. And, I mean, then you get to sit back and enjoy Miami at Texas A&M. Yeah, that's, a, I think, a 9 p.m. kick. All right. So the hair of the dog will have kicked in hours ago. Oh, yeah. September 24th, Wisconsin and Ohio State, Florida at Tennessee. Florida, Tennessee is interesting. You're talking about the balance of who's the challenger in the East. You know, Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida are all vying for that title. The Wisconsin-Ohio State game? No. So based on preseason projections, the two biggest games of each week when combining SP plus ratings is how he did this. The games with the most combined quality and the current betting odds featuring most of the initial Heisman favorites. So he coupled all of those to come up with two games per weekend that he said fit that category. I agree that if we're going through, and this is always going to be the case, if you're going through an individual weekend, I might, because of the, my gambling or because of just certain matchups. Like, Wyoming playing Army would interest me greatly. 
maybe nobody else outside of the fine folks at Army and Wyoming. But I would be very excited to see it. Most of you listening would be like, what? Huh? I'm like, oh, I'm finding that Wyoming Army game. You bet it. But that's 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 the beauty of the story well, of college football. Who's Nebraska playing that weekend? You'll be locked in. I will be. I have to be. I have to be locked in. I don't know. I didn't look it up. They're not. They didn't qualify. Yeah. As one of the games. That, this is a fun exercise, though. It is. Wisconsin at Ohio State does not pique my interest. Agree. Ohio State will beat Wisconsin like a drum. And if they don't, it's 10-10 in the third. So you know what? Tune in for the fourth. Who needs to watch three quarters of 10-10 football? However, Florida at Tennessee does interest me. It has a chance to be a real good game. Yep. And God bless Tennessee, who I think have won that game twice in the last 25 years. Sweet Jesus. So that would be pretty important. They're probably still talking about that Saturday night with Pruitt, his first year, <laughs> where, I mean, it's a coronation. It was like us and Willie on Monday against Virginia Tech. Yeah. Same kind of pregame atmosphere and then same feeling about 15 football minutes in that, oh, well. Yeah, but this is not going to be what we thought it a long ride was. home. Yeah. Alabama at Arkansas. Ooh, big suey, baby. Come big on, suey. Arkansas. That's Alabama once a year. You're in the second half. You say, whoa, what's Look going on? Arkansas hanging right. in there with Bama. Could it be Arky this year? NC State at Clemson's that weekend. Mm, all right. That's a hell of a game. That's one for all of us, Knowles, because those are our next two opponents in order. That's a hell of a game. Texas saying it. Well, and the must-see game of the year for a lot of people is Texas saying him at Alabama, given the offseason that we've just witnessed. Although they've kissed and made up. And Jimbo backslid into this posture of, uh, of, of you know, childlike uh, fawning over Nick Saban. We never had a problem. I don't. It's just a shame our problem got out there. You know, other people they don't. It's just I never, I never. You said you were never going to speak to him again, and that quote unquote you were done. Well, you know, I, people say things all the time, but it doesn't mean your words don't mean anything. I'm not. Are you questioning my integrity? There's Jimbo in a nutshell. It's like non when brothers fight. Yeah, no. when brothers fight. Yeah, that's it. We're done. I'll kill you in front of mom. I'll kill you and gut you like a pig, like daddy taught us. Well, that that seems a bit harsh. I'll do it. Did you say you were going to cut your brother in half? It's just, it, they're just words. We were just, it's just nothing. <laughs> uh, That'll be a war chant watch along that weekend without D-Rob because his son's going to be on an official visit. Nice. To watch Texas A&M in Alabama. There we go. And on that visit, he'll say, looks like Florida State's the place for me. That's right. Ohio State's at Michigan State that weekend. Alabama, Tennessee, whatever. Penn State at Michigan. Eh. Mississippi State at Alabama. Can we stop doing Alabama every damn week here, Bill? Iowa to Ohio State strikes me as interesting. Just me. Iowa, Ohio State? Mm-hmm. Where? At Ohio State. Mm. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. I know. Sorry. Ball game. Georgia, Florida the following week. Clemson at Notre Dame. They can host recruits out there now. Is that going to be a new thing? Can we can we do uh, off-site, neutral site games, and we can do official visits for recruits now? The, uh, the fun of this, the fun of going through this, and the ones that are more – like the, the games that we think will be um, – Okay, so this is something I wanted to get to. After you skip over that, the, the supposed 
elements that match up with the most amount to gain, lose, whatever, watchable, right? According to the final SP Plus ratings, which he's releasing, there are 19 teams with at least seven games projected to finish within one score. And you can bet we are chief amongst them. Florida State on that list, along with Florida, along with Louisville, along with LSU, an opponent, of course. Louisville, an opponent, of course. Uh along with South Alabama, Texas A&M, Texas Tech, Virginia, and Washington State. Others on that list, Arkansas, Baylor, Oregon State, TCU, Western Michigan, they have eight. So that would be projected to finish within one score without question. So I think we have nine of those kinds so of games. So Baylor has that many games? Yeah. yeah. And they're a top ten preseason Baylor's team? Full- That's it? I- Ooh. We gotta stop with the Baylor. Talk. I almost was able to bleep you. I'm about done with, with my own. Woo. I'm about done with this talk about Baylor. Baylor is is nonsense. Stop with the Baylor talk. It's ridiculous. Anyhow, um, will you be this doing year, stuff this for the, year? The Baylor channel. I would on? like to tell them how how overrated they are. Welcome in, you guys. Do not believe what they're telling you. It's all lies. You're not close to top ten material. Utah, on the other hand, welcome in, guys. Good to see you. Been a big fan for a long time. I understand. Let's have a conversation. This is Baylor on three on YouTube. <laughs> like and subscribe, everybody. But yeah. we're going to have Utah quarterback Cam Rising on Cam today. Rising on the show, yeah. We for should. a full hour, we're we going to talk with Cam Rising. But, like, if you're getting into those one-score tight, tight games, it's fun right off the bat because you do get into Cincinnati at Arkansas, Utah at Florida, Kentucky at Florida the following week, Louisville at UCF, apparently, according to the spread. Yeah, Cincinnati-Arkansas, I think. Kind of a quietly cool game. It's in the same window as Oregon-Georgia. It's in that same midday window when we're out in New Orleans. I'm excited about that game. I'm excited about Arkansas and Texas A&M on September 24th. I'm excited about, um, oddly, Penn State-Auburn. That's a fun game. That's a fun game. Yeah, it's strange. Penn State at Auburn, September the 17th? It's a lot of Navy. It's a lot of Navy and white. I see us everywhere littered throughout this. This this will be good. There's going to be some weekends where, let me just circle the calendar here. November the 5th. Guys, if you're a sporting guy or gal, get ready. Remember, remember. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games from where we sit right now projected to be one score games that weekend in the, in the top 30. That's a park your ass. That might be the park your ass Saturday. Mm, park it. If you're hearing this right now and you or someone you know is active military, a veteran, police officer, firefighter, nurse, or a teacher, turn up the volume, listen up closely. My friend Shannon with Legendary Home Loans has a hometown hero loan program designed to make a difference for you. To those who make a difference, it's time to give back. When it's time to buy a new home, he will waive all lender fees for all heroes. That's a $1,600 value right out the top, right off the top. If you decide to use their preferred title company for the closing, you save another $600. We're talking about $2,200. That's awesome. And that is for you, saving as much money as you possibly can, wherever you can, active military, veteran, police officer, firefighter, nurse, or school teacher looking to buy a new home. Choose Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Ask about their Hometown Heroes program. Give them a call today, 844-FSU-LOAN. That's 844-FSU-LOAN. Or visit FSUHomeLoans.com. That's FSUHomeLoans.com. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Libation Friday, roll it on. Good to be with you. Thanks for joining us. How bad a season would it have to be for Norvell to lose his job? Uh, no potal, am I reading that right? Not that I wish that at all. I've got to prepare myself mentally this year. If it's a poor season again, at least we'll start 1-0. Oh, I don't, I, you know, I don't know specifically the answer for him to lose his job. Certainly 4-8, and eight, he would, I think, lose his job. I think probably yeah. he would lose his job. Boy, that's that's a tough way to go through August right now. If you're preparing for how many losses would it take to replace the guy? Well, the question was asked in the chat. I just want to answer it. It's a loosey-goosey Friday. That's not very loosey, nor, nor is it goosey. It's loosey. It's not goosey. Um, Joe, I agree. Baylor is well-coached. I also think they're overrated this year because of how well-coached they were a year ago and how well they played. They do not have the same depth of talent in that spot. So, uh, I, I, but they are well coached. Ryan writes, Jeff Norvell calls and lets you suit Woo! up for one last Oklahoma drill at linebacker and running back. Pick your squad from the current roster and who are you facing? Oh, geez. First of all, I'm not taking that call, Ryan. And thank you for your contribution to our work here. And thanks for listening and thanks for being a great supporter of the program. Oh, Ryan, that's a big Yeah, I'm looking forward to having a drink with Ryan. Um, okay, so who would I want to have to tackle? Tofili. <laughs> Why did I know that would be the answer? It's a pretty easy answer. Like a buck fifty. Um, more than that now, man. He put on weight. Mm-hmm. So I'm going. I'm going Tofili. That's right. the. That's uh, you'd say the same thing. Oklahoma drills, you can't run outside the cones, man, so you don't have to, you know, I don't have to be agile enough to keep him between a, a wide space, which I couldn't do. I couldn't do it with any of them. But I'm saying, like, if if we're close proximity, uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm good with that. Those other guys, I'm in trouble. Would you have picked C.J. Campbell when he was healthy? No. So, okay. All right. And I and the next person that I want to have to tackle is, is Trayshawn Ward. Ooh. Well, he's going to bring a little something, but I ain't attacking Trey, Trey Benson. Well, of course not. And and Rodney Hill is stacked. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think I think Trayshawn right now packs more punch. If he's by getting low to the ground, that's Rodney's steam. legs aren't aren't quite there yet. Mm-hmm. I think Rodney's a stronger runner. He well, yes, he will develop into that. He already has the natural skills to be, but he mm-hmm. is a freshman body. So that yeah, I'm not in love with the idea of doing any of it. <laughs> but I'm I, I'm the answer is to Ophelia. Uh, so that's that would be that'd be the answer I'd give you. But I'm probably not taking the call. I'm like, Mike, what are we doing? Why, why do you want me tackling anybody? Yeah, the time. That's all he'd do on the <laughs> yeah. phone. Yeah. So Mike races big coop to start every practice or just about every practice, and every time he does it, I hold my breath. I think it's great. It's camaraderie. It's team building. It's all fun, and they have a great time. And it's all fun in games so long as the person tearing their hamstring is Mike Norvell and not Big Coop. 
So, like, every time I watch it, I'm like, if anybody's going to go down here, if the turf monster's going to get Could anybody, it needs imagine? to be Mike. What? You're putting that out in the air, so I'll respond to well, it. He does it every day. Oh, my goodness. The amount of money that would cost? I don't even like to think about that. Yeah, it's frustrating. We'd have to have, you know, because we have uh, Robert Cooper now on the on the air, Warchant TV, within the coop, and that starts next week. But all the super chats you'd have to amass to get to a place where you even come close to the money he lost tearing his hamstring racing Mike Norvell, it's a lot of super chats. The truth about football is, of course, the next play could be your last, and everybody knows it. And then there's the argument at all times that, well, you don't put anything else out there that could aid that, you know, like don't no more extra reps or extra strain or extra anything if you don't have to. But you know, I I'll, I just I think back and I, I just people know if you've played football. I mean, it, you you know you know first of all you can get hurt, hurt on any given play. Guy falls into you. Guy comes you know, look you know hits your knee from the side and, you, and you're done. It just it, it happened. And you never go to a practice. You never go through a rep thinking about getting hurt or not getting hurt because that's when you're going to get hurt. So on the one hand, I get mad at myself when I see them running. Well, you're going to run. You're having fun. It's football. You're yeah, a young kid. You you're think, out there. You're yeah. not thinking about that at all, and you shouldn't. But when I watch it from a distance, I'm like, uh, let's stop doing that, Mike. We don't need to do that. I don't care if you rip your hamstring in half, Mike. I care if he does. So let's not do that. That would be two of the last three head coaches at Florida State to tear their hamstring while running on a field. Jimbo, the sideline. That's the best. Pasadena. Yeah. If you're over the age of 35 and you try to sprint, there's a good chance you're going to hurt yourself soon. Like, dead sprint. Good luck with that. Right. That's a young man's game. How long would you have to stretch to feel good about that? Or, and would I you actually, still? Uh, here's, here's my thing. When I go to Orange Theory, we do all outs. But you work to that point. So I've already done just a base pace, a push pace, before you go to an all-out. So when you get to like 12 or 15 miles per hour, where you're running, running, like running, that is, you've been running for 20 minutes. So you're not, that's what you have to do to me. That's not, I don't think there's any amount of stretching that I could do that if you then said, all right, you've stretched, get on the goal line and run as fast as you can for 40 yards. Like, no, man, I'm going to hurt myself. I know I am. I could have stretched for an hour before this. It's not going to work. But if you have me running and jogging and your body loosens up, yeah, I can do it. I can do that then. So I'd have to like round the place several times and be like, go! <laughs> when I was a kid in my driveway, before bed, my dad and mom would walk the dog. So I'd go follow them and I said, hey, you know what? You want to race our dog? So what they would do is they would hold him back. They would let me run about a three, four second head start and mm, then they let him go. Let him go. And it's a small dog. He was a Maltese, but he's about a 12, 14 pounder in good shape. And he was, for a, that dog, that's pretty big. Dude, dogs are fast as hell. Oh, my God. It's for years. We, we used to run for years. The thing that makes you mad about a dog, and also it's funny, is they can run forever. Yes, they can. Like if they're young. You get a, you get a dog that's four years old, and you just go, like, you tell them, come on, let's go for a run. Yeah. They'll run for seven and, hours. Yeah. They just keep running. You're done. You've been done. They're like, come on. And they don't have to go. think about a dead sprint. They're like, let's go. We're they don't good. have to think about that at all. <laughs> like, it's not the jogging. Like, they'll go dead sprint. They don't care. I know. Kyle writes, nobody's talking about Pittman since Wilson and Span started showing up. How's Pittman doing? He's fine. He's really been steady, Kyle. Nothing spectacular at all. He's just been steady. I think that he made his presence felt in the spring, 
He was a real difference maker, without question. And he opened all of our eyes, and, and that includes Norvell and, and, and everybody. We were all very, very excited to see him. He fought for the football. He made catches, given his diminutive stature, that I didn't think he could make. He ran tough when he did ca- uh, after the catch. I mean, he was a tough kid. Uh, and he's a football player, uh, definitely a football player, right? He's, he's a tough guy. But I think once he announced his presence in that way, this has just been about being a solid, everyday guy. You know, there's been nothing where you go, my God, Pittman killed him today. You didn't really – you haven't seen that. And there have also been no days where you were like, well, what in the – he had he had a day where he dropped three balls and he was so mad at himself that he came to the sideline and he made me laugh. I was standing right next to him and he threw his helmet off the practice dummy and said some things I can't repeat, as you would if you're a perfectionist. And the best part about that was he hasn't done it since, hasn't had a day like that since, and Jordan Travis came over unsolicited to put his arm around him and say, get back in the game, man, you're fine. It's a bad day. Happens. And all it was, the best part about it, because I watched keenly the next day, it was just a bad day. Sometimes a bad day turns into two bad days. Sometimes turns into three bad days. Turns into my man is domed. Yeah, one thing I'd add about Pittman this week, maybe – if it's not the best, it's top two or three catch of camp was this week, and it was from Pittman, mm-hmm. and it was between two defenders. Oh, I saw it. it was It was a great catch. That was, it was also yes. an ill-advised throw, good throw, great catch. Right. You're going, no, 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 no. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, yeah, it was a great Holy. catch. And, and it was one of those that you just don't think that there's not enough room, and he's not large enough of a human being to make that catch. He will play larger than his body type Without, would suggest. That is for sure, and he's tough. He really he's a football player, man. He is very, very tough. Um now he's gonna be limited because he's not six three. He's not five eleven. He, he's just a tough yeah. he's just a tough kid. Maybe five eleven. No, I don't think so. But he but he's a but he's a he's a good football player. Uh and I like Micah. I, I just Micah falls in the Micah falls in the category as I don't think about it. He's a good player. He, he's very much of the uh, Tatum-Bethune camp, meaning, okay, practice is happening. Somewhere Tatum-Bethune's playing well, and I don't have to worry about him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where you just go out there, you're like, I'm sure. not looking to see what yeah. he's doing. I know he knows what he's doing. Well, and those guys don't get rewarded when we do practice reports. Like, for example, Fabian Lovett, every day. Every day. And today, you'll love this, too. It was a continuation of something you noted earlier in camp, that he was a leader and, and taking that active step mm-hmm. that maybe he didn't in, in seasons past. So they're going through their individual drills. It's about to start. The trench drills. You know it. They go right tackle versus left defensive end and all the way across. And before it started, he walked across the line with the first teamers, and he's slapping high five with everyone in He goes, let's go to work. Come on. It's time. Let's go. Let's go. And then the first rep he had was exceptional. You're like, oh, my God. This guy. Every day. But we can't write Fabian Lovett was exceptional every day because then people would think he's going to be a first-team All-American. It's just that no. he's really good and extremely consistent. Yeah, he's um, the most consistent, along with Tatum Bethune, player in camp. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I never think about it. Fabian Lovett, I just think, is in store to terrorize opposing offensive lines. I feel like – and, and I'd say – I this, think Coop's going to do the same thing. I think it was yesterday. But uh, Josh Farmer's been that way too. He was good again today. Like, I, I am. That's big, by the way. Love we, it is not surprising. Right. Uh, right you know, right. Farmer is that is a that's good. That's a great. You know, I liked Farmer in the spring and kept talking about him yeah. and listed him higher on our top forty list because I could see him coming on. Now, the one thing I will say is he's been even better. So maybe we're underrating Farmer. He's been even better this camp. They're not. You know, 
Is there a better defensive line in the ACC? Absolutely. Clemson's is. Yes, not even close. Uh, NC State's is, uh, I believe. I think the Front G- line, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think Pitt might be. There, there are a few teams that have that. But Fabian Lovett is a plus-plus player, potential first or second team all ACC. Coop is a plus player. Um, that's going to be solid. You have legitimate backups to that group that you feel good about. I just don't. It's it's a probably the area on the team that I worry about the least. I would say that I think yeah. defensive tackle is the area on the team I worry about least because they're five deep, because they're five deep. And and to me, coming out of spring, it was Malcolm Ray that was the third. And I'm not saying I'm concerned about Malcolm Ray. All I'm saying is Farmer's elevated, and now Jared Jackson has done enough that I don't know. Maybe he's the fourth. I'm not sure. Mm. Jared Jackson is somebody. This is what's going to happen during the season. He's going to make splash plays to the degree that are absurd, to the degree that they say, why isn't that kid on the field more? But the consistency needs to grow. He, he needs to be more consistent. But his best plays, 12 on defense. You'll notice him. He's a huge human being. 12 defensive interior. The best plays he's going to make this year are going to be unbelievable. But it's it's about that down-to-down consistency. So... We have a question, who our surest receiver is and who is, who's going to make the catch? And the reason I find this question interesting is I don't think I have that answer. Who is going to make the who's catch? Who's going to make the catch? Pittman. I would say Micah as well. Johnny's trending upward, though. I wouldn't have even considered him for this exercise a couple of weeks ago. Mm-mm. But he's trending still, in that direction. I'm still scarred from spring. I can't say him. It's all right. One performance in the Superdome, and you'll be changed. No, I mean, I think he's a lot better, and he's a lot more consistent. I just can't say. Um, I don't know that there's a guy that I'd say that I trust implicitly to make that catch. Pittman's probably the highest. Pittman, yeah. So if it's uh, third and seven, it's a slant. He's open. He's got inside leverage, but it's going to be through contact. You wouldn't say pokey? No. Me neither. I wouldn't say Johnny just because I got to see it in a game. He's been a man of extremes. No in the spring, yes in the fall. Which I'd rather have it be that way. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Um, yeah, it's kind of fun. It's a kind of, it's a it's a fun question to ask. The thing is, I'm assuming somebody got open. Now, if they don't, then I want Johnny because Johnny is open even when he's not. Just throw it high. It's a, it's a fun exercise, fun thing to talk about on a Libations Friday, Lucy Goosey edition of the Jeff Cameron Show. Hour number two forthcoming. That flew past. Stay with us. Be right back.